Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics, with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Welcome to Informed Dissent. This is Mark McDonald. Jeff Barkey is away. This evening, we are introducing and speaking with Jason Kunish. He is a pilot. He's a commercial pilot from San Diego, and he has some very interesting commentary and perspective that I think we're all going to be fascinated in listening to. Um, Jason, he, he attended Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. Uh, he graduated from there with a degree in aeronautical science and business. He's flown professionally for more than 20 years, and he is a commercial airline pilot for a major U.S. airline in America. He and his wife are also involved in a holistic health movement for the past decade, and he is on the U.S. Freedom Flyers leadership team. He's currently working to form international alliances with other aviation-based medical freedom groups from Europe, Australia, and Canada. Welcome to Informed Dissent, Jason. Well, thank you, Mark, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'm just going to jump right in with this because we just had an enormous crisis here over the Halloween weekend. Over 1,000 flights canceled on American Airlines. Delays of four to six to eight hours at the airport here in LAX, the ticket counters, where people were waiting in lines, stretching all the way out into the curb to rebook their flights. What is going on? It's a mess. It's a mess. There's a whole lot of a whole lot of trick and no treat this last Halloween weekend, that's for sure. <laughs> um, it's, and it's, you know, this has been several weeks here, months in the making with this mandate coming down from the federal government, this vaccine mandate. Um, and it's, it's putting a lot of stress on the system. That's you know, it's already a stressful situation when you got, you know, 300,000 pound aircraft flying through the air, you got air traffic control trying to navigate people. You know, you mentioned LAX there getting in and out of there is, is, is make you lose your hair for sure. So now you've got, you know, this mandate coming down. Employers are saying, if you don't get your shot, uh, or if you don't jump through these hoops with these exemption processes, then you are going to be on the street. You can't work for the airlines anymore. You can't work for air traffic control anymore. And so what we're seeing now is the stress of the system manifesting itself in degradation of the, the integrity of the schedule. We saw it several weeks ago here now with Southwest. Now we're seeing it with American. I've got pretty good confidence it's going to happen again here coming up because those two airlines are not the only two dealing with this. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to continue to be a mess. Now we keep hearing from most of the news outlets that these massive flight cancellations and delays are due to weather problems. Is that true? Some are, you know, when you've got a hurricane coming through or some big winter storm, for sure, the airlines do a good job generally of re, of reducing the schedule prior to the weather event. We all have CNN in the airports, right? We all have weather channel going on. We can know the layperson can see where the weather is coming and you can understand that the airline is going to bring down the schedule. When you have things like this last weekend where winds pick up, they're saying in Dallas, um, <laughs> the, the joke around the U S freedom flyers is the only wind coming out of North Dallas is the hot air from management and the unions regarding this uh, <laughs> mandate. And uh, it's that that's what's going on. And 
and you know if even if even if it were wins to have several days of an airline uh when did this start Fr- thursday or friday today's monday and it's it's still a mess and and the the lack of recovery uh is pretty concerning as well so it's it's quite something so how much of a factor is vaccine mandates on the part of the commercial airlines in causing these delays is there really a a work outage a sick outage as we hear um kind of under the table and on blog sites and twitter feeds um or is this really just a you know weather slash understaffing issue a holdover of the uh the pandemic layoffs i don't think it's the latter what it is is you know and, and people talk about uh sick outs or work stoppages and generally in the past those are union sanctioned events and to say that this is a sick out as an example i think is dishonest and disingenuous to what's really going on uh for a number of reasons one the the unions are not supporting the membership at all at least those who have chosen to not get the vaccine um furthermore there's there's um what you know when, when we, we talk in crews and a lot of times we try to keep politics out of the cockpit or you know when we're doing our walk arounds we just try to you know say hi to people and and, and have casual conversations but lately now the conversation is only about the vaccine it's only about the mandate specifically and the amount of stress that it's putting on people there's fatigue calls now coming in uh, where, where pilots, for example, fly tennis, they can't sleep the night before because they're scared, they're, they're worried, they're stressed out that they're not going to be able to provide for their family. A lot of these people, like mechanics, know they're geniuses when it comes to you know fixing a turbine engine, but that skill set specifically does not equate or translate to something outside of the aviation industry very, very well, very quickly. And so a lot of people now are, are stressed themselves and the stress is coming from the company because of their willingness to go along with this mandate thing but also the unions as i mentioned and people don't know what to do they don't know where to turn um the 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 void that's been created by all of that mess is really what has allowed us as u.s freedom flyers to flourish because we are seeing now you know there's in my email just from tonight there's six or seven hundred unread messages still uh, clean up for the day that we can't get to. And these email messages are having almost like cries coming out. Um, last week I was going through some of them and one popped up on the screen and it was a woman from uh, Phoenix. She's a gate agent. She's been there for 34 years and she was all stressed out. You can tell from the tone, not the tone, but the words she was using in the email that she was really in a, in a dark place. So I say, wrote her back. I said, you know, call me right away. Uh, what, what can I do? And so she calls right away and she's in tears and she's taught, I, we've never met before. And she's crying to me on the phone about the stress that she's under. Her, her husband doesn't necessarily support what she's doing. Uh, her company sure doesn't. Her colleagues are 50, 50. Um, and so she feels lost. She doesn't know who, who to turn to. And they're, they're calling us, you know, we're not trained in that we're, to help people in that scenario. And oftentimes we're dealing with that ourselves. And so it, it really adds 
uh, not to use the same word again, but it's adding more stress to everybody. And, and you're seeing that stress pull, pull the system apart. And, I, and that's what's going on. You know, that lady I spoke about, she, I, I didn't know how to help her other than just be a person to her, a, a human, try to, to be there for her and listen. So I shared my faith, Catholic faith. She's Catholic. And we, we talked about that a little bit, talked about, you know, the things outside of aviation that we could bond on. And uh, so now we exchange texts every couple of days. And so, you know, if, if there's a good that comes from all of this, that may be it, that some of us can connect as humans again um, in some manner. But to answer your question, yeah, it's, it, there's, there's a ton of stress. There's a ton of stress and it's keeping people up at night and it's affecting people's job for sure. We have approximately 40,000 pilots here in the United States. What do you estimate is the percentage just within the pilots, not to mention obviously support staff and, and the women like you just described, who agree with you and your group that medical freedom, that the right of pilots to choose whether or not to get this vaccination is something that should be honored and respected? More, the answer there is more than the unvaccinated. So the unvaccinated, I would say, this is about two weeks, as of two weeks ago, was about 35 to 40% of the pilots in the U.S. are not vaccinated and they have no plan of being vaccinated. The number of pilots, though, who support what we're doing because they see this is not about the vaccine itself, I would say is closer to 60 to 70%. They see this as a coercion, uh, medical tyranny issue. Um, today we're talking about the vaccine and tomorrow we could be very easily talking about some other medical procedure. Uh, today we're talking about your employment. Tomorrow we could be talking about your access to your social security check or your 401k or your digital banking. Um, so the, everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, but a large majority of, of pilots see it for what it is. And that's why we're, that's one, able, one way that we can all come together um, and push back. You know, the, the people in U.S. Freedom Flyers and the people we fly with, um, this, it's not pro-vaccine, it's not anti-vaccine. What it is is anti-coercion. It's pro-freedom, pro-American freedom, pro-rights, pro-personal -so sovereignty. I have the final say over what I do with my body um, and what path medically um, is best for myself and my family. I choose that. My family chooses that. Nobody else. So that's 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 why so many people now are coming together over this issue, whether they're vaccinated or not. You mentioned that the staff are are overworked. Uh, they're pulling, you know, double, triple shifts. They're jumping from checking in passengers to gate attendant to support the the flights. Uh, the, the pilots are are flying many more hours than they generally do. Everybody's just basically being asked to do far more than they had been because of uh, staffing shortages and obviously some people retired or left because of this pressure. I have heard unconfirmed reports that despite the generally high degree, high level of physical fitness in the pilot community, uh, that several pilots have actually died in flight or shortly after flight who had recently received vaccinations. Uh, what have you heard about that? I, I, I have heard about it. 
Um, and we were trying to work through it to find uh, verifiable data that we can then go and, and talk about. One thing is suspicious, though, on, from my perspective, my opinion, and that is that if you have, you know, X amount of people uh, of a general population uh, who are getting adverse reactions to a vaccine, that's a certain percentage, whatever that percentage is. How come the airlines and the FAA are saying that there's zero adverse reactions in the pilot group? That doesn't make any sense, to me at least. And I'm not a statistician or a medical doctor, but just from the average person on the street, that doesn't make any sense. You would have to have one. But why, ha why has there not been one? And I think that, that que the question of why is, is equally as important to also there with the what. What are we talking about? But why are we talking about that? Why is, why is no one coming forward? And I think that there is a built-in uh, level of not secrecy, but uh, so the way that F the FAA medicals work, you know, we go in every six to 12 months, depending upon how old you are, or what you fly, and you go get a, a medical exam. It's your eyes, your ears, your blood pressure, your EKG. Okay, that's great. Those are all observational things. Um, and then if, if a lot of that is also based on self-reporting. So if if I say that my wife tells me I snore all night, they put me on a sleep apnea test. If I say I eat, you know, uh, sit on the couch and eat potato chips all day, they start looking at, you know, more into that kind of thing. So um, the the um, the issue with the the, the, the medical, I forgot exactly what your question was at first. We'll have to go back to it. But um, are these pilots uh, at risk and are oh, pilots yeah. dying? Because that's, of so that's the vaccine. thing. So that's the thing. We, thank you. We, we, we can't, if we self-disclose something, our career's over. And so there's almost a bias to not self-disclose. And so to, to, there, there is a certain level of suspicion, I think, of why is it that there's zero reports of this? Is it because the system that we're all operating is a little broken or biased to one way to, to prevent pilots uh, from self-reporting? I've heard of several. There was uh, one at Delta I heard of a couple weeks ago that had died uh, in flight. I can't verify that myself, um, but it's probably the same reports you're reading. And also, it's, it's not just this country. The, several months ago, there were four at British Airways in one week that had died, um, all from taking the, the jab or shortly afterwards. And so, you know, I know in the medical community, there's, you know, correlation and causation. I can't, I don't, can't speak to the causation, but there's certainly some correlation there. Do you think it's safe for us to fly now? I think so. Um, you know, pilots and flight crews in general and mechanics, we all have a have a bias towards safety. We don't do anything uh, without it being safe to our standard. Um, we're professionals. You know, that's what we do. And we know that the mission is to accomplish this safely. And if you can't accomplish a flight safety, you don't safely, you don't do it. And so the 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 safety of the system is not going to degrade i don't think what you're going to see is what we're seeing now in the news of of again the the schedule falling apart people being too stressed mentally they're be, they're too distracted and so what they're doing is self removing themselves from the system to it to make sure that that level of safety is maintained is there a schism within the flying community 
uh, either between pilots and staff and crew or within the pilot group itself or within the crew itself where there's factions that are being uh, built up, uh, pro-vaccine mandate, anti-vaccine mandate. Uh, how do you feel that the, the kind of energy is uh, when you're flying uh, and you're, you're interacting with people in your pilot group and also with the, with the crew? Because you all work really closely together. We do. You know, so a lot of times two pilots will be paired for a multi-day trip together. Same with flight attendants. They'll fly three to four to five as a group for a number of days. And so there's a little bit of, you know, family that you build, a little bit of a bond. And that's normal and that's natural. And you want that because it opens up dialogue. It opens up uh, questioning of of decisions that may not be best. It, it adds to the positive, safe culture that aviation is today. And it's taken years and years to build that, especially in the United States. The United States aviation industry is really at, at the pinnacle of that paradigm. Others in other countries are chasing us. Aeroflot. So when we have, what's that? Oh, I just mentioned Aeroflot. And whenever I think of an airline that has planes that tend to go down, I think of Aeroflot. Right, exactly. It's like, oh yeah, command, the infamous command. Russian airline. Right. <laughs> so we have, so this, this discussion now of, of vaccinated versus unvaccinated is definitely hindering that level of safety, that open dialogue. I know one airline, I think it's United, is now coming out and saying, well, we can't put the unvaccinated back in the cockpit because the vaccinated are too scared to fly with them. What is that true? Are, are there pilots who refuse to fly with yes. another co-pilot who is or isn't vaccinated? Yes, and it's coming from the vice president over at United. Yep. That's, that's for sure, which goes to show you don't fully, even if we were talking about a normal uh, vaccine here, that that level of almost ignorance it doesn't make any sense and and now they're they're building policy around that level of ignorance now, is it is, the ignorance at the at the top is it the is it the executive officers that are speaking out of their ass or is this really happening within the pilot group itself both both for sure um there's a lot of pilots at at other airlines i know firsthand that that they don't that they don't want anything to do with an unvaccinated person at all and so um that is throughout the industry and it goes for fly attendants as well as well um so it, it's creating it's creating a schism and that's adding again it go in my opinion it all goes back to the, st the stress the stress is mounting and pilots particularly are very good at uh, car um what's the word uh compartmentalizing uh their you know, their, their work life, their home life, their personal emotions, whatever they've got going on. And this level of, of now anxiety and stress, am I going to lose my job? Is the person I'm flying with, are they going to think I'm, um, you know, a weirdo or not safe or any way? Are they, are they going to question my judgment because of my views on a certain subject? That is now weighing on, on pilots more and more every day and flight crews in general. And so it's making the, the, the whole system really, really, you know, stressful. I have a, a patient that I've been working with for a number of years who has a, um, a non-commercial pilot's license. And he described to me the rigors of the training involved, the number of hours, the safety uh, protocols that he went through in training, and then also each time he flies. And, and he's often used the flight instruments metaphor 
uh, in the work that he does with me as a patient, um, meaning that when you use your instruments to fly, you have to trust that the instruments are giving you accurate readings, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what you see with your eyes, what you, what you hear. You have to trust that the instruments are giving you accurate information. Otherwise, you, like the helicopter pilot that uh, killed Kobe Bryant and his family, crash into a mountain because you think that you're flying at a different altitude, a different direction, a different tilt. There's all these different factors. And I'm shocked in a way, although honestly not surprised um, to hear that uh, pilots who obviously use these instruments and use their analytical mind to keep themselves and their passengers safe are allowing their emotions to overcome their judgment when they're considering whether it's in quotes safe to fly with somebody who does or does not have a vaccine. Uh, and it sounds like you're attributing some of that to just exhaustion, fatigue, stress. Um, but I can tell you that, you know, I work with a lot of physicians and Many of them are well-rested. Uh, they're not taking overnight call. Uh, and I consider them to be quite analytic and quite scientific. They trust their lab results rather than how they feel that morning with their patients. They certainly don't make decisions on whether to do surgery because they had a fight with their wife. They base it on the, on the, the, the results of the, uh, of the biopsies. Uh, and yet they also uh, very frequently make, in my view, very emotionally driven, um, unscientific decisions in terms of who they'll work with, uh, what mask they're willing to wear or not wear, and who they're willing to go in and out of a room with with a vaccine. So it doesn't seem that professional training, analytic mindset, intelligence, um, safety protocols really seem to be factoring in much in terms of how the pilots, just like the doctors, how the pilots are um, making decisions regarding this vaccine protocol. Are you, are you seeing any kind of uh, correlations between pilots being reasonable and rational and, and those being unreasonable and irrational? Oh, for sure. There's, you know, it, it, it you know, the other thing too, through all of this, and as I answer that, you know, we've been flying around for the last 18, 20 months of this pandemic of, you know, with no vaccine, you know, at least up until about eight months ago. So why were we all okay and safe doing our job then? And we're not now when one of us is vaccinated and not the other. Why, why is this fear coming into it? The airlines themselves sponsored that study through Harvard saying that there's a 0.003% chance of getting COVID on an airplane. Well, that's as close to zero as I can think of. So Jason, the crew and the pilots are, are really overwhelmed, overworked. They are pulling double, triple shifts. It's already a difficult job to begin with. I, I've certainly seen patients popping. I looked this up recently when I was doing some research for my book uh, that's coming out in the next couple of weeks on fear and the pandemic of fear here in the U.S. And what I read uh, is that of the thousands of incidents documented by the FAA in uh, 2021 so far, and in, even in 2020, the first half of the year, of passenger violence, that over 80% of those incidents were related to mask mandates. I've been suspicious 
of the increased violence in the plains, which I believe is real. I, I do read about it and I can see that it's being tracked uh, as some sort of a just universal degradation of behavior um, across the U.S. Uh, it, it, it just doesn't make sense to me that it would happen so quickly, particularly when such a high percentage of them do really seem to be due to these mask enforcement mandates. Have you um, seen a similar uptick in passenger violence on the planes as we're reading about in the news? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And what do you think it's, it's due it's to? It's aggression. It's aggression. I think that, you know, this has built a, been a building uh, momentum over the last several years. It started way before the masks. You know, at first you, you had to check your, your pull out your, your 311. You know, you get, you get your, your liquids and gels and stuff. You put it in a one-quart bag and you send it through. You got to take off your shoes. Um, if you have a replacement hip, you got to get, you know, you can't go through the x-ray, so you've got to get the full, the full feel down from some TSA officer right there in public. So th that is adding to this. It's, and there's a level of aggression that's building. Now you put masks on people. You shove them in a metal tube for five hours, six hours, after they've been wearing the mask two hours through TSA. They can't get any food in the, in the airport because no workers are showing up. To, to serve the Starbucks or the Burger King. And they're eating that stuff anyways, which doesn't do much to c calm you down. Then you're on an airplane for five hours, shoved in with everyone's wearing masks. If you try to take your mask off, the flight attendant comes over and tell to eat, you know. The, the flight attendant comes over and yells at you, berates you. You've got a, a three-year-old kid over here who's got, uh, who's being a three-year-old kid and doesn't want to wear something on his face. And then that turns into a giant mess. And so it's not an enjoyable experience. It's not what it used to be at all. And so, yeah, we are seeing that. But we're also seeing a, a, an uptick, and I have seen this. The first six months of 2021 now, we're in 2021. The first six months of this year, I saw more emergency diversions because of passengers having issues in the back than any time in my career. And it's not just from physical stuff. It's from uh, medical um, people having anxiety attacks, people having all sorts of stuff where it's requiring us to divert or at least declare an emergency and get into an airport. That is happening more in my flights than they are and now than they have ever. And so that's another question I have is like, why is that happening? And I think that this is all coming to a crescendo um, very, very quickly. It's kind of like a train going off the edge of the cliff. Um, I had bad. no idea about the medical diversions, and it, it makes perfect sense because it feels to me like passengers are primed to erupt on airline flights for all the reasons you mentioned, and including as well the fact that there is virtually no food or drink service now on flights, even even cross-country flights. All you get is water and peanuts. There's no meals being served. There's no alcohol. Uh, it, it's it's really I would say it's quasi inhumane at this point how passengers are being treated and it seems to be coming from a confluence of uh, increasing regulation and restrictions by both government and the airline industry uh, itself. Absolutely. Last week we did a, a a freedom rally at JetBlue headquarters in New York City, and the day prior there was a gentleman flying from New York down to to uh, Fort Lauderdale on JetBlue. And the flight attendant uh, came over and witnessed that his mother, who he's traveling with, he, uh, 
who's diabetic, uh, had to have a snack, so she had to get, go into her own stash, brought her mask down, was eating, and it was subsequently kicked off the airplane for removing her mask. This guy ended up being a, a someone of influence, and so we, we kind of capitalized on that, you know, him, him telling the story. Um, but and not everyone has that voice to do that, but that's happening, and that's that's adding to all of this for sure. You no, know, I've never thought of flight attendants or stewardesses, whatever you want to call them, as as being uh, particularly uh, mean or police-like. They've certainly have been bossy and assertive at times, but I've always felt over the course of my lifetime flying that their primary role, although they'll say it's safety, I think of their primary role is really to offer service and to make the flights comfortable and um, pleasant as much as possible for uh, the clientele, for the passengers. And it's only been in the last year and a half that I've actually seen um, what I feel to be a police state erupt onto, onto the airplanes. I was uh, banned permanently for life uh, on Delta over a year ago uh, because in the words of the uh, flight attendant, a male flight attendant, I was drinking water for more than six minutes continuously. He actually used a stopwatch and he timed me. And then he came over with a, a laminated card that said, final warning. And I said, oh, so this is a warning. He said, oh, no, I, I'm writing you up. I'm going to make sure you're never going to be flying on our airline again. I, and I said, well, then why are you giving me a warning? He said, well, that's because it's protocol. I have to give you the warning. And as I was speaking with him, I, 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 I talked with him for a few minutes, asked him about his, you know, his, his life and where he had come from. He was an older guy. And he used to be a police officer. And I said, how does it feel now to be a masked police officer on an airplane? He didn't like that. But that experience over a year ago, uh, flying from Molina, I mean, I was out in Iowa of all places on a little tiny puddle jumper plane, 30 minute flight, 30 minutes and banned for life for drinking water after running for literally an hour. I was running, running, running to try to get to my flight and my connection. I was dehydrated. I was just drinking, drinking, drinking. He didn't like that. Well, now I'm seeing these, uh, these flight attendants, some of them, walking up and down the aisles, just pointing their fingers at people's faces, up, 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 over the nose, over the nose. And that's literally all they do. They don't offer snacks, drinks. They're not smiling. They're not helpful. They are, they are acting as police officers, as enforcement agents. And I understand that some of them are doing it regrettably and regretfully, uh, and they're not trying to be nasty because they understand. But there are some of them who really feel like this is their purpose, and they seem to be enjoying it in a, in a form of sadism. They, they really take pleasure in acting cruelly towards passengers. I never saw that before. Never, ever, ever in my entire life. Yeah, it, it is happening. I don't want to speak in any ill way to my, my colleagues. There are a lot of really, really good flight attendants who take their job seriously and know that they're, that they know how to offer really great service. However... There are those who don't, for sure, and they're making their names known. And what the problem, I think, with all of this is that you have this mandate that has come down, you know, this last year with this mask thing in airplanes. You have a mandate. It pretty much happens overnight. There's, it's not a law. It wasn't talked about. It wasn't And usually with a law like that, you have discussion on how it's going to be implemented. How are you going to enforce this? And that's, that's part of the greater discussion. Well, none of that was with this mandate thing. Just, hey, you guys do this and run with it and kind of make it up as you go. And so now you've tasked uh, these flight attendants, these air crews who are there for your safety 
and your enjoyment and your pleasure uh, and your experience uh, with enforcing a mandate as though it were law without the tools necessary to do that job. And so oftentimes they're kind of making it up as they go because they've been tasked. And if they don't enforce coming up over your nose with the mask, then their colleague in the back of the plane will report that flight attendant to management. And then they get a call as soon as they land. Well, sir, why didn't you, you know, enforce the mask rule? You know this. Well, now this is your final warning. And so the, the government is putting its boot on the back of the company, which is putting the boot on the back of the employee uh, to, to enforce these mandates. And it's creating an environment in the back of these airplanes that's not enjoyable at all. Because oftentimes I deadhead back and forth across the country and I see this and I'm thinking this is I don't often I don't know why anyone would not drive like even if you're going from California to New York drive because you can have your window down you can stop you're not going to get yelled at you know you can do your thing and and the, the flying experience right now is not enjoyable oftentimes and it's because of this mask thing for sure and it's be, it's going to become worse here once they start potentially enforcing vaccines on the flying public to cross state lines. There's a bill in the House now, I think it's was 4980, that they're, they're suggesting that in order for you to fly domestically, you have to have a, a, a vaccine card or proof of vaccination. Like, what kind of business is that? That's ridiculous. I actually had a, a spirit flight attendant say that exact same thing as we were getting on the plane once in the last few months, that if you don't like the mask mandate, you can just get in your car and drive. Not in a very friendly way either. So the government and the company are passing down a lot of pressure to inform on one another, which is, feels to me like a very a communist totalitarian style of governance, uh, inform on your neighbor which creates obviously some splitting within the crew and, and, and the pilots on how to enforce these mandates. What is happening within the pilot groups and the, uh, the crew groups regarding the internal mandates for the employee vaccinations? Do they all feel the same or is there a kind of camp mentality that is brewing that is splitting them into factions. I think it is splitting people into factions. You you have the, the, the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated sometimes, but also you have those who think it's okay to be mandated for whatever reason uh, to have a medical procedure and those who don't. And I think that, that is a, that's, a, that's a far deeper line in the sand. In fact, it's not oftentimes you can move a line in the sand, you know, because you just move the sand and you draw a new line. A lot now we're talking about for a lot of people lines in, in in stone, and they're not moving, and it's a lot deeper and it's a lot harder to have a dialogue with somebody. And so these encampments are becoming further and further pushed away. And as you're in a crew, so much of the the crew. Um, environment is built on open communication and that's being broken down and so um the and uh, you know why is that that's it's I, I don't have an answer um but i do know that it's happening and it's it's eroding a certain level of safety from the entire system um and, and that's something that that 
again, we're, we're starting to see as the system breaks down, flights canceling, people being out of place. You can't uh, sleep at night because, or I don't, I don't want to go to work. Or even better, you know, the, the rule, the mandate says that I have to wear my mask on airport property and the company says I have to do it while I'm on airport uh, company property. Okay, that's one thing. Well, now what about when I'm in the van going to and from the hotel? I can't take my mask off now, <clears throat> oftentimes because in fear of some, some other crew member reporting me because they're now making up their own interpretation of the rule. It makes it for a very stressful situation. That sounds horrible. People make decisions about whether they want to be around others who have vaccines or not vaccines um, for a whole host of reasons. And in the, in the public, outside of the, 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 the pilots and the crew world, just everyday people out on the street, they're starting to see that quite a large number of people who've already been vaccinated are getting sick. And in fact, many of them are being hospitalized and actually dying. And this is no longer uh, something the government can hide. And so I'm seeing, especially in the area of children and parents, a lot of pushback coming from further implementation of vaccine mandates, even among people who are fairly vaccine supportive. So I'm just wondering if those who are working for airlines start to see and hear official or unofficial reports of their coworkers getting sick or even dying, God forbid, from vaccine side effects, whether that might not cause uh, a bit of uh, rethinking of their positions uh, of us versus them and, it, and, and maybe moving more towards a us versus the corporation versus the government. It, it is for sure because you also have people who have taken the first or second jab from Moderna or, or the other and they're like, wait a second. Now I'm at a level of understanding, whether from discussion or hearing on the news or reading a paper, that I don't want to go get a booster. So now pretty soon they're realizing that they are going to be the unvaccinated. Often, you know, we're seeing it in Israel now, if you don't have your fourth booster, you're now unvaccinated. You get your green pass or the freedom pass or whatever they call it, revoked. And so now you're in the same camp as those other people who are being ostracized. Um, and, and they're doing it because they're, they're hearing these stories of having serious side effects from these vaccines. And so I think that um, we've bottomed out as far as the, 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 the total number of people who have been fully vaccinated. That number is now going to shrink. It's not going to grow. It's going to shrink because more people are realizing that there are serious side effects that need to be considered here. There's serious things that, that affect me and my health. And, and I'm realizing that I have to look out for myself uh, and because the company won't. They're not now. And they're not, they're not going to get any better at that. And so the total number, you know, we talked earlier about, what is it, 30 to 35% maybe of, of total unvaccinated pilots. Let's say for that. That number is going to grow of unvaccinated. And that unvaccinated is not going to be people who have never gotten the shot and also people who are choosing not to get their boosters. And I would say that, that more people I run into, that, that number is growing every day. Something that I've, I've always wanted to ask the pilot, uh, so I'm gonna ask you, are pilots wearing masks in the cockpit? No. <laughs> I knew well, it. Yes and no. 
Yes and no, but we're not. Because they're not, always standing not, there not, greeting the passengers on the way out of the plane with their stupid mask on their face. And I always want to come up and ask him, did you just put that on when you opened the door? Right. Yes, that's true. That's what happens. Because we're not required to. The way that the, that the government has written the mandate for airplanes, and for, it's, it's exempt inside of the jurisdiction, I guess, of, your, of the cockpit. Now, are there people we fly with who choose to wear it? Yes, there are. And, and so, sometimes I'll fly a, a four-day trip with someone, and I don't know what they look like because they're wearing a mask the entire time. And you're time. not, obviously, um, right? No, well, no. Have you ever had no, a mask? I, I take it off as soon as I can. Have you ever, have you, well, of course. What's that? I, w- I would do the same. Have you ever had a masked uh, co-pilot or, or a co-worker in the cockpit with you who said, I'm not going to fly, I'm not going to be here or work with you because you don't want to wear a mask, Jason? Not outright, because again, the way the pol- uh, the way the policy's written, it's it's, uh, it's oftentimes it says uh, if you choose to wear a mask in the cockpit, you can. If you choose not to wear a mask in the cockpit, you can, and there will be no discussion to that fact between the two. Interesting. Of you. And so it's kind of foreboding uh, mm. for that, but it. But also, there are you know when we do our restroom breaks um, in flight, <clears throat> we need to have at least two people in the cockpit at all times for. Safety reasons. So we'll, the fl- one flight attendant will come up, and at that point, we have to wear our masks. We have to put our mask on when the flight attendant comes up into our office, and then we have to go back. And then we do the switch, and so and that that sometimes becomes you know <laughs> confrontational a little bit, which is unfortunate. Tell me uh, a little bit about Freedom Flyers and what it is that you do, and uh, how. Americans can help support you or, or get involved with your organization? Sure. U.S. Freedom Flyers, and our website is usfreedomflyers.org. We, um, we started about two months ago, uh, and it's a super grassroots. It's as grassroots as you can get. It started with three people, three pilots from two different airlines, and has grown now into close to eighty-five to 90,000 total members. Um, and that includes all airline sectors, or employee groups, all transportation sectors. You're talking about Union Pacific Railroad, Amtrak, um, Chicago Metro uh, bus personnel, and everyone in between, um, and and passengers as well. We're we're really trying to look up for look out for passengers because we realize that they're next. As we talked about the the, the bill that's going to prevent people from moving freely in the country. Uh, and we also realize that, that if, if, we could, if they can get us now and they can, they can force us, coerce us into getting a vaccine for our employment, tomorrow is going to be some other discussion that we don't want to be having. And so we're using that message to galvanize people, again, the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, to come back and push back against this, this tyranny, this coercion, and say, I am a, I'm a sovereign being. God created me. I have ultimate uh, say over what goes into my body and what happens with my body. Nobody else does. And so we're using that to uh, get a lot of support. Um, so we send out weekly emails, updates. We have, um, we've teamed up with Leslie Mnookin and the Health, Health Freedom Defense Fund, also with George Wentz, who's the attorney. Uh, and we are filing suit against the federal government uh, on a couple points. Uh, one is the soon to be announced and finalized OSHA ruling for employers of over a hundred employees. 
And that's going to really affect everybody and how that's implemented. Then you also have uh, the federal mandate from our great President Biden, who uh, on September 9th came out and said, well, anyone who's considered a federal contractor uh, is now has to be fully vaccinated. And there's no stipulation in there for testing as an out. And that specifically is what the airlines are falling under. Well, now you all, with those two, you have this thing with Title VII, which is part of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. And that goes along with, you know, when, you know, when you sign up to, for a new job, you fill out a form of disclosure that they give you. It says, we, you can't be discriminated because of sex, religion, creed, uh, skin color, language, all those things. So that uh, is all part of the Title VII issue. If I now have to wear a mask or get vaccinated that violates my religion or my conscience, that is a violation of the Title VII issue. In addition, the questionnaires that the employers are asking people uh, in order to check off whether or not you're going to be able to be granted a religious exemption, that whole process, the lawyers are saying, is against Title VII. It's against the law. Yet they were still being mandated to do that. Furthermore, let's say I get granted a religious exemption. I then have to comply with an accommodation. Well, what is that accommodation? We don't know. But let's, it would, a reasonable conclusion could be that let's say I'm unvaccinated and my co-pilot is vaccinated. He doesn't have to wear a mask anymore. And I do have to wear a mask. Well, now because of my religion, because of my religious convictions, I have to wear a clothing on the outside of my body that demonstrates to the public that I am a person of religion. Well, what is the difference between that and a star on my shoulder? I mean, there is a, a degree, but as far as con actual substance, no. And we're going to be very close to what has happened in our past to, to potentially uh, rehappen here in the future. And that's one thing that U.S. Freedom Flyers is fighting against so that we, are, we can operate the way that we have been. U.S. Freedom Flyers isn't asking or demanding that something new happen. The government and the companies are doing that. What we're saying is we want our medical freedom and our bodily serenity to remain intact the way it always has been. And that's what we're... We go back to that drawn in the sand. It's not This, for us, is not a line in the sand. It's a line in stone. So U.S. Freedom Flyers is essentially advocating for medical freedom and an end to the medical apartheid state so that all employees and all people uh, who support this will be treated fairly and equally and uh, honored in their choices uh, without being punished, coerced, or discriminated against or treated differently. Yes, and it goes to with, you know, over the last several weeks, when these mandates first came out, the pressure was on a lot. Because the original kind of marching orders from the companies, from the airlines, was if you don't get vaccinated, you're pretty much going to be fired. You're no longer going to work here. And that's what really galvanized our momentum and our support um, in, in the masses. Since then, the airlines have come out and they've softened that a little bit. They said, all right, well, if, if you choose not to get vaccinated, you need to go. And, and the, by the way, the unions are right there with the companies. The unions are no longer representing the, the membership. They're, they're, they're in cahoots with the company. The unions just this last week are saying, 
if if you don't get vaccinated, they're, they're quoting uh, Jen Psaki from the White House. You need to go get educated and counseled. Well, wait a second. You're the ones telling me I need a forced medical procedure. I think you're the ones that need to go get <laughs> counseled and educated on Sounds that. Sounds very Maoist but, re-education camp. It, it re- and it's scary, and and you know th- it's it's going to get worse. It's going to get a lot worse, and that's why we're pushing back. I'm really glad that you are, and I have been hoping for months and months and months now that the pilots uh, would organize and would join together and fight back because we need pilots, we need transportation. Uh, we can't survive without them, just like we can't survive without doctors, without nurses, without police, without fire. The, these are truly the indispensable workers. And I am hoping that the pilots will continue to stand together and they will continue to advocate forcefully for medical freedom and for the right of all people to make decisions about what they put into their body and how they live their lives. Thank you very much for coming on our show and giving us this inside view of what's happening in the in the cockpit, on the plane, and inside the industry. Uh, I, I've been asked many questions about this, and I've been telling people that uh, we're very soon going to have somebody to speak on this uh, from an actual pilot's perspective, and we're really happy that we had that opportunity to have you on, Jason. Well, thank you very much for this. This is a pleasure for me. As one of the pilots recently said when he was landing the plane, let's go, Brandon. That's right. (laughs) Let's go, Brandon. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.